2: This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.
0: 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to Sask Ag Today with your host, Ryan Young.
2: Hello there, good afternoon, and welcome to Sask Ag Today. It's brought to you by Milligan Bio, the leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan wants to buy your seed. Visit MilliganBio.com. On today's show, we got an action-packed show. Barring any unforeseen circumstances or filibustering, senators are expected to vote on Bill C-234 this afternoon. Crop development commissions are doing something different with their annual meetings. More on that from Chief Agricultural Editor of SaskAgToday.com, Kevin Hirsch. And cattle prices in Saskatchewan were mixed last week, according to the latest cattle market update from CanFax. Farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM.
0: This is Sask Ag Today with 620 CKRM Ag News Director,
2: Ryan Young. Sask Ag Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And farm fresh water. Fix your water problems. Visit farmfreshwater.ca. Senators are supposed to vote on Bill C-234 later today, as it's being hung up in the Senate for a few weeks. In the meantime, things got a little loud in the House of Commons yesterday, as Tory ag critic John Barlow wanted to talk about it.
3: Last year, almost 6 million Ontarians visited a food bank, an increase of more than 40%, the highest single increase ever recorded. Clearly this Prime Minister's carbon tax plan is not worth the cost. Conservatives have a common-sense Bill 234 in the Senate which will reduce costs on farmers and make food more affordable mm-hmm. for Canadians. But the Prime Minister is blocking this bill, forcing Canadians to food banks. Will the Liberal Minister of Agriculture do his job will he defend Canadian farmers Full Liberal senators to support Bill C 234 to have this carve for farmers and make food more affordable for Canadians. <laughs>
4: The Honourable Deputy Prime Minister and Minister Finance.
3: Mr. Speaker, we understand that it is absolutely essential today to be investing in Canadians, to invest to support families and to invest in an economic plan for jobs and growth. That is why we are building housing because we are focused on supply, supply, supply. That is why we have an economic plan which has made Canada the highest per capita for an investment destination in the G7. Meanwhile, Mr. Speaker, the only thing the Conservatives know how to do is cut, cut, cut. The Honourable Member from Foothills. Well, it's good to see the Agriculture Minister stand up and defend Canadian farmers. But if the Finance Minister's plan for Canadians is to cut meals, their heat? Well, mission accomplished. Your carbon tax plan is working extremely well. But a common-sense Conservative bill, C-234, will provide a carbon tax carve bill for farmers and make food more affordable for Canadians. Mm-hmm. But the Prime Minister's Environment Minister has promised if this bill passes, he will resign. So is that why the Environment Minister is bullying Senators in the Senate to block 234 Because he wants to save his job rather than ensure Canadians can afford to feed themselves? Yeah. Yeah.
2: The vote is supposed to happen at around 345 Mountain Time this afternoon. Of course, Bill C-234 is the exemption for fuel used for grain drying and heating and cooling of barns from the carbon tax. Again, the vote is supposed to happen at 345 Mountain Time this afternoon in the upper chamber. You're listening to Sask Ag Today. Coming up next, we got a feature from the chief agricultural editor of saskagtoday.com on some Crop Development Commission's doing something a little bit different with their annual meetings.
0: We're back with SaskAg today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM.
2: Welcome back to the program. Some changes are coming to the meeting events organized by the Crop Commissions in Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and Alberta over the next couple of months. Registration is now open for the meetings. Kevin Hirsch, Chief Agricultural Editor for SaskAgToday.com has this report.
5: There's no longer one large meeting event with keynote speakers during Crop Production Week in Saskatoon. Sask Canola, Sask Wheat, Sask barley, Sask Flax, and Saskatchewan Pulse Growers are holding back-to-back annual business meetings at the Western Development Museum in Saskatoon on Tuesday, January 9th. These are AGMs without guest speakers. The Crop Production Show will be running Tuesday to Thursday of that week at nearby Prairieland Park. A few groups will have speakers along with their AGM. Saskoats is holding its event at Prairieland Park on January 10th. SAS Mustard is holding its AGM with guest speakers at Prairieland Park January 11th. A couple groups are holding their meetings outside of that traditional week in January and at different locations. The Saskatchewan Forage Seed Development Commission is holding its annual meeting and forage seed production forum December 11th at White Fox in northeastern Saskatchewan, where many of its forage seed growers are located. The Canary Seed Development Commission is holding its AGM along with several additional speakers at a Regina Hotel on december 14th check out sascrops.com and cropweek.com for what's going on and to register it's a much simpler formula for ag days in brandon on january 16th 17th and 18th the huge trade show has two theaters with non-stop speakers each day covering topics ranging from agronomy to marketing to politics commodity groups and manitoba agriculture are heavily involved in the speaker lineup you can take in whatever speakers you want as part of your twenty dollar a day admission to the trade show in Alberta, Farm Tech has morphed into an event called Crossroads Crop Conference. It's sponsored by Alberta Canola, Alberta Grains and Alberta Pulse Growers on January 29th to 31st. As Sean Jacula, a farmer from Vermilion and director with Alberta Grains explains, this year Crossroads is being moved from Edmonton to the Weston Calgary Airport.
6: I guess a decision was made to rotate the conference between Calgary and Edmonton. And so this is our first event that will be in Calgary. And the plan is to move back and forth uh, on alternating years just to open up uh, to allow people from both geographical areas to easily access the event.
5: Attendance to Crossroads is limited to 800 people and carries a price tag. Up until December 1st, an early bird pass can be purchased for about $500. Included in the topics, future changes in the structure of farm finance, dealing with unprofitable acres, the impact of AI in agriculture, and Weather 2024 by Drew Lerner of World Weather Inc.
2: For SaskAg Today, I'm Kevin Hirsch. Coming up next is today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on the Voice of Saskatchewan 620 CKRM.
0: You're tuned in to Sask Ag Today on your Voice of Saskatchewan 620 CKRM.
2: Today's Ag Review is brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. And Exchange Ready to market your 2023 crop? Head over to MyGrainExchange.com and try their low-risk grain auctions.
7: Members of the National Farmers Union gathered on Parliament Hill last week to demand a ban on investor ownership of farmland. The demonstration was organized by the NFU Youth Caucus and Farm Workers Working Group. The goal was to demand protection of food sovereignty and help farmers, especially young ones, gain more access to farmland. NFU Youth President Jesse McKinnis says young farmers in particular have been feeling the strain of a lack of access to affordable farmland. Ontario farmer Rav Singh says she has had trouble finding land since she began farming two years ago. Singh did not come from a farming background and lived in the city her whole life before she began farming. One person is in police custody after a tractor rolled over on Highway 1 in Surrey, B.C. B.C. Highway Patrol says they encountered a person driving a tractor, possibly involved in a protest, on the highway just after 12.30 Saturday afternoon. Police say they attempted to stop the tractor, resulting in a collision with a police vehicle, and the tractor later rolled over after trying to take a westbound on-ramp. Police say the person in police custody was also taken to the hospital with unknown injuries. Antitrust lawsuits filed by more than 17 farmers across the U.S. against John Deere will be allowed to continue after a federal court in Illinois denied a company motion that would have ended the case. The U.S. District Court for the District of Northern Illinois denied a Deere motion to issue a ruling in an ongoing right-to-repair antitrust case based on the pleadings in the case. The lawsuits allege the company monopolized the repair service market for John Deere brand agricultural equipment with onboard central computers known as engine control units or ECUs. The lawsuits also allege Deere violated the Sherman Antitrust Act and are seeking damages for paying for repairs from deer dealers beginning on January 12, 2018, to the present. The judge says the farmer's complaint meets all the legal requirements for antitrust litigation. Increasing numbers of ships are streaming toward Ukraine's Black Sea ports and heading out loaded with grain, metals and other cargo, despite the threat of attack and explosive mines. It's happening under a fledgling shipping corridor launched after Russia pulled out of a UN-brokered agreement this summer that allowed food to flow safely from Ukraine during the war. The exports are giving a boost to Ukraine's agriculture-dependent economy and bringing back a key source of affordable food products for developing nations where food insecurity is growing. The head of one of Ukraine's biggest agricultural producers and exporters says he's feeling positive about the future because two months ago it was completely unclear how to survive. France has detected an outbreak of highly pathogenic bird flu virus on a turkey farm in the northwest of the country as a seasonal wave of infection spreads across Europe. The outbreak in the Brittany region, France's first farm case this fall, occurred near where an infected wild bird was found. Several cases among wild birds have been recorded in recent days and the government has raised its national alert level for bird flu to moderate from negligible. Poultry flocks in areas particularly exposed to contact with wild birds would now be confined indoors. Avian influenza usually strikes in Europe during fall and winter and has recently been detected on farms in countries including Germany, the Netherlands, Italy, Croatia, and Hungary. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falk.
0: It's your Saskag today weather on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM.
2: I'm here with Phil Spivak from Precision Weather. And Phil, uh, what's the forecast looking like for today? Are we going to see seasonal temperatures and uh, some cloudy weather continuing?
6: Well, we should be uh, in and out of sunshine through much of the day today. There is some cloudiness around. There's, in fact, a fairly sizable batch of cloud cover off to our east. And it has moved eastward, and it's getting pushed farther and farther away. Behind it, just some patchy cloudiness mixing up with the sunshine from time to time. We've uh, long since passed average for the day. We're on our way uh, into positive territory into the afternoon. Should be pretty close to four degrees today. So, not bad. Now, there is a bit of a wind. Mathematically, wind chill, not a big factor when the temperature is positive, but certainly a noticeable factor. It'll feel closer to zero as we get to four degrees. But still, it'll feel closer to zero, not closer to minus five. That's where we should be this time of year. So, pretty decent overall. Mainly clear sky tonight and tomorrow. And then that cloudiness rolls back in late tomorrow, tomorrow night especially. Whether it holds together for any precipitation looks not out of the question. About a 20% chance that there is a a flurry, Uh, as far as significant flurries, not happening. That's not in the cards. But a flurry in the air, uh, a flurry that makes a few things white, that's possible. Uh, Late Wednesday night through Thursday, nothing will stick to the roads. Temperatures are below freezing, just barely, though. We're down to minus 7 tonight, near zero tomorrow if you stay on the dry side. And then as that cooler air works in again, it's minus 2 on Thursday with that cloud cover. Friday, mostly cloudy. And actually, the coolest day in our forecast is still above normal. We'll be at minus 4 on Friday. Normal high, minus 6 by that point. Partly to mostly cloudy for Saturday, minus 1. And we've still got some positive numbers to get through. We'll close the weekend or both Saturday and Sunday temperatures well above normal. Sunday, we get uh, sizably above zero, and sizably a couple degrees, but more than one. And it looks like into next week, we are going to stay mostly above average, maybe a slight dip first, but warmer air is in place by the end of the week.
2: Normal highs for the period are around minus 5, normal lows minus 16. The sun rose at 833 this morning, and the sun will set at 5 o'clock again later today. Taking a look around the province, relatively warm. Estevan and Saskatoon are at 3 degrees. Swift Current at plus 1. Weyburn and Yorkton, 2 degrees. The warm spot in Saskatchewan is in Maple Creek at 6 degrees. Cool spot in Stony Rapids at minus 2.7. In Regina, sunny sky. West wind at 27 to 37 kilometers an hour. Humidity at 71%. Temperature plus 2 or 35 Fahrenheit. Barometric pressure at 101.5 and rising. In Moose Jaw, sunny sky, west wind at 28, temperature 4 degrees. Again in Regina, sunshine, west wind at 27 to 37, temperature 2 degrees. Back in a moment.
0: Catch up with all your ag news anytime at saskegtoday.com. Now, back to Sask Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM.
2: This portion of Saskag today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalauction.com Feeder, steer, and heifer prices in Saskatchewan were mixed, according to the Canfax Cattle Market Update for the week ending November 24th. Provincial Cattle Specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture, Fond Froats, says steer prices were up in four categories, while heifer prices were also up in four categories.
1: Starting with feeder steers, prices ranged from 469.33 for the three to four hundred pound weight category down to two eighty-three fifty for the nine hundred plus pound category. Prices were down in the top and bottom weight categories for steers. The three to four hundred pound category had the largest decline of four sixty-one per hundred weight from the previous week, while the five to six hundred pound category improved the most. This weight break had an average increase of three oh five. And an average for the category was $385.60 per hundredweight. And average prices for feeder heifers were mostly improved compared to the prior week. Prices ranged from $380.92 per hundredweight for the three to four hundred pound category to two sixty-six seventy-five for the eight hundred plus pound category. The largest price improvement was in the three to four hundred pound heifers, with prices improving on average eighteen eighty-eight. From the previous week, while the heifers above 700 pounds seen prices decline on average between 127 to 225 per 100 weight compared
2: to the prior week. The volatility of the futures market continues to be a factor.
1: There has been additional pressure from weather, the large volume of cattle moving, um, but the market is feeling the effects of limited pen space and those forward sold cattle that are also entering into the feedlots.
2: She noted the number of cattle sold at auction declined again last week.
1: Canfax reported 27,940 head of Saskatchewan feeder cattle sold at auction over the week, and this is compared to 38,000 the previous week. Year-to-date, Saskatchewan feeder cattle marketings are 4% above where we were in 2022 at 598,450 head.
2: Froats has the details on prices for market ready cattle in Alberta.
1: Alberta cows on November 24th were down compared to the week of November 17th. D2 cows decreased on average 582 per 100 weight to average 122.28 for the week. And D3 cows were down 463 on average. Ending the week at an average price of one ten twenty per hundredweight, and the price for Alberta-fed steers averaged two twenty eight nineteen per hundredweight. And again, that's for the week ending November twenty fourth.
2: That's Fonda Froats with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture going over the latest cattle market update. You're listening to Sask Egg today on six twenty CKRM. We'll be back right after this.
0: You're tuned in to Saskag today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM.
2: This segment of Saskag today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town number yard, big on service. com. Dr. James Tancy, Provincial Insect and Pest Specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture, says their grasshopper forecast map is hot off the presses and looks at population density. He says they lean heavily on Saskatchewan Crop Insurance Corporation adjusters and summer students with a host of people contributing to the survey and 11 to 1200 individual sites that sampled. They relate population densities to the economic threshold that are associated for most crops, which are typically 10 to 12 per square meter, and evaluate risk based on that. The map shows some significant hotspots, but there's some disparity in terms of where it's located.
8: There were some regions that had agricultural disasters, and there were some growers that were hit really hard. And once again, I mean, we're looking at 11 to 1,200 sites But Saskatchewan is a huge area, so typically we're looking at uh, four sites per RM, which is actually more exhaustive than than any other insect survey that that we do in the province. But uh, you know, resolution being resolution, there's 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 always a chance that you can miss hot spots, and sometimes these populations can be highly localized. And uh, once they get uh, once they get to have wings, they they get to be highly mobile as well. So I mean, they can take flight; they can cover 100 kilometers a day, and sometimes uh, you know on mass and big groups, so what I'm getting at is that populations can be missed.
2: What areas were hardest hit specifically?
8: Yeah, I mean the Kindersley areas uh, certainly uh we had uh, regions in the southwest that were hit very hard regions you know some, some central regions uh we even had some hot spots in uh, in the uh, in the uh, south uh, southeast which is relatively uncharacteristic. Um we had a couple of indiv- individual sites even in north central and north northeast areas uh with high populations these were uh I would say exceptions to the rule in in those areas and so the you know with with the map You know, the small areas, even if they're detected as part of the survey, aren't going to be illustrated, Uh, you know, given, you know, the the 30,000 foot view. I mean, the, the overview of the entire province.
2: What was the prevalent grasshopper this year?
8: And the vast majority of what we saw this year was two-striped grasshopper. I mean, we did have, you know, again, little hotspots of Packards around Saskatoon, and we did have some significant numbers of lesser migratory in, you know, the south end, you know, in Regina area primarily. Most of the reports that were coming in from what I saw, most of what we saw was two-striped. Southeast uh, Redverse area was very few two-striped, dominated by lesser migratory, but grasshopper pressure was not heavy right around Redverse, uh, although... Not very far from there, we did have reports of heavy damage, so that illustrates too i mean the, the the highly localized nature of these populations. I mean really, what we're looking at is strictly speaking numbers of grasshoppers, and that's you know contributes to our forecast because I mean obviously large numbers of grasshoppers means large numbers of eggs, and those eggs would be going into the ground. It is a measure of our potential risk next year, uh, but it really capturing what's happening you know late growing season of the current year
2: and what are your thoughts on the upcoming season
8: it's really important for growers to look at resources like our ministry website and the prairie Pest monitoring network uh, website because uh, on that website we collaborate with our ag canada partners with our university partners and with other provincial jurisdictions to uh, provide information on a prairie wide scale not just for grasshoppers but for a broad array of different insect pests and there's some really invaluable information there including grasshopper uh, development models so you can get an idea regionally when enough heat has come up for the hatch to begin and that will inform you know whether you need to be out there monitoring. There are thresholds for nymphs and there are thresholds for adults and we have those on our ministry website and we encourage people to go visit those. Keep a careful eye out for what's going to happen with grasshoppers in the spring. And if you have the opportunity to control them, then you should take that opportunity, of course, if they're at threshold. So uh, obviously base your decisions on whether they've arrived at thresholds or not.
2: So. That's Dr. James Tansy with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture on the 2023 Grasshopper Survey Map. You're listening to Sask SaskAg Today. Coming up next is today's Market Update.
0: Here's the Market Update with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM.
2: Market Update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. Looking for the perfect vehicle? They'll find a match that exactly fits your agriculture lifestyle, proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. Grain prices at Viterra were up in early trading today. Canola is up $6.80 to 660.92. dollars Number one red spring wheat is up $1.72 at $3.13.54. The rest were unchanged. Durham at four hundred seventy zero five, Feed Barley two hundred sixty two fifty eight, chickpeas eleven sixty eight forty four, flax six hundred twenty one zero four, lentils seven hundred ninety seven fifty, oats two hundred ninety six thirty two, yellow peas three hundred seventy six nineteen, and feed wheat two hundred and thirty five forty six. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for December is up four and a quarter cents at six dollars eighty eight and three cents a bushel. Up next is today's Livestock Report.
0: The Saskag Today Livestock Reports, on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM.
2: Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock at 842-4574. Now here are the latest Livestock Quotes.
4: This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of November 28th. Our last regular sale is on November 22nd. D1 and D2 cows sold from $1.17 to $1.37. D3 cows sold from $1 to $1.16. Canner cows sold from $0.80 cents to $1.00. And good butcher bulls sold from $1.26 to $1.46. We had an all breeds pre sorted calf sale here on Monday. 300 to 400 pound steers averaged $4.65 and sold at the 4 $4.84. 400 to 450 pound steers averaged $4.35 and sold up to $4.59. Four fifty to 500 pound steers averaged four dollars and 25 500 cents and, and, 600 and sold up to four dollars and59 cents 500 to 550 pound steers averaged four dollars and five cents and sold up to four dollars 38 cents 550 to 600 pound steers averaged three dollars and eighty cents and sold up to four dollars and cents six600 to 650 pound steers averaged three dollars and 67 cents and sold up to four dollars 650 to 700 pound steers averaged three dollars 41 and sold up to 3 dollars 80 $3.77, and 700 to 800 pound steers averaged $3.19 and sold up to $3.44. Heifers were 65 to 80 cents back from the steers. Some of the highlights from the sale were a load of 425 pound red steers at $4.59 a pound, a load of 500-pound black steers at $4.38 a pound, a load of 550-pound black steers at $4.04 a pound, a load of 600-pound black steers at $3.85 a pound. A load of 650-pound black steers at $3.68 a pound. And a group of 700-pound exotic steers at $3.41 a pound. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Wayburn Livestock Exchange. The market that gets cattle and the prices too.
2: The latest pork prices are down to $179.85 per ckg. Coming up, the Resource Report.
0: It's the SaskEgg Today Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young.
2: A committee of MPs is expected to begin a clause-by-clause study today of a bill that implements an update to the Canada-Ukraine Free Trade Agreement. The study follows a decision by the federal Tories to vote against the legislation. Conservative leader Pierre Polyev has defended his party's move as mounting opposition to language that promotes carbon pricing rather than rejecting a trade deal with Ukraine, which has been fighting a Russian invasion since early last year. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and his cabinet have rejected Polyev's explanation and instead accused the Tories of copying some U.S. Republicans who are signaling less support for assisting the Ukrainian war effort. Panama's top court says a 20-year contract for a Canadian copper mine is unconstitutional. The concession for the local subsidiary of Canada's first quantum minerals had sparked weeks of protests in the country. Environmentalists argued the open pit mine would damage a forested area on Panama's Atlantic coast. There was no immediate comment from the subsidiary Minera Panama. On the markets, the TSX is up nine points at twenty thousand and forty-two. The Dow is up ninety-three points to thirty-five thousand four hundred twenty-seven. Oil is up two dollars and five cents at seventy-six dollars ninety-one cents per barrel. And the Canadian dollar is at seventy-three point seven zero cents US. And that's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, you can tune in to the On Demand Sask Ag Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's going to do it for Tuesday's edition of Sask Ag Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre Emergent Herbicide.